J.R.R. Tolkien. More like J.R.R. Woken. Woken. Tolkien Woken. Anyways, there's this... Um, the, the Tolkien Society is hosting a seminar, a summer seminar, on the man and his work, Lord of the Rings, Silmarillion, all that stuff, um, in which the, the topic is diversity. Um, and as anyone who's ever read Tolkien knows, there is not a lot of diversity in the sense of, like, you know, America. <laughs> Middle Earth is not Brooklyn. It is not Los Angeles. It is not... The United States of America. <clears throat> As such, there are there are elves and dwarves and orcs and trolls and balrogs and dragons, humans and hobbits, and you know, angels and shit, but there are not really what we would consider diverse racial groups. There are not Asians, there are not you know, they're not black people, there are not well, there are very few women, um, although the women that Tolkien does include are actually pretty awesome. Um, you know, in Tolkien's day, there was a sense that women, you know, were not soldiers. They were, you know, if there was a war, a woman was generally a nurse uh, or a secretary. But Eowyn in The Lord of the Rings is a badass warrior. Now, granted, she doesn't have a ton of time on screen, but she is a badass warrior. Um, so anyways, there's the seminar and they want it, they're going to talk about diversity and and... There's, again, I don't think there's a whole lot of academic material to be plumbed from the Lord of the Rings when it comes to topics that are, you know, woke, that deal with feminism, or gender studies, or anti-racism. Um, weirdly, you know, recently we had the, the, the OneRing.net uh, Twitter account describe Tolkien as woke, and as, as someone who loved all racism, yeah, Tolkien was a cool dude. He, he, as far as I can tell, was certainly not a racist. Uh, but he was a super conservative Catholic. He was not woke. <laughs> um, he would probably be totally flabbergasted, befuddled, and confused, and probably more than a little irritated by wokeness. Um, and by like forced diversity, I mean, Tolkien was a guy who didn't even like what C.S. Lewis was doing with Narnia. He, he thought that Narnia was too all over the place, too many different mythologies intertwining, too much going on uh, in that regard. You know, there was not a coherent mythological setting or, or you know, groups of people, regions. He was very, you know, he was a linguist. He was very in, you know, he, Lord of the Rings was just one vehicle for his much larger mythos. Tolkien wanted to create a realistic universe, a realistic world with realistic people. Um, even though we're talking about elves and dwarves, uh, these were realistic people that had, that, 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 that were lodged in a sense of place and time um, and culture and uh, it was not just a sort of you know we need to we need to you know, have a racial quota here you know we're gonna have we're gonna have our heroes and one of them's gonna be black one of them's gonna be white one of them's gonna be gay one of them's gonna be straight one of them's gonna be transgender one of you know then we got the dwarf and then we've got you know the the non-binary elf although maybe we did have a non-binary elf in Lord of the Rings um, anyways point being 
Diversity was not at all a, a concern of Tolkien's. Something like uh, Lewis's Narnia books were, I mean, I'm not going to say they were diverse, but they were diverse in turn in other ways, just they, in a sort of incoherent mythological way. Lewis took anything he wanted and threw it into Narnia. You know, Narnia had, there was, there was nothing like the sort of careful world building that goes into the Middle Earth setting. But that doesn't stop people from wanting representation in a work that's already been made. It's done, you know, it's too late, but we are going to try. And so at the Tolkien Society, a once venerable institution, the Tolkien Society Summer Seminar, we have papers being discussed such as Gondor in Transition, a brief introduction to transgender realities in the Lord of the Rings. Now, my guess is that that is a very short paper. Perhaps there is uh, merely the title and then the words, the end, because there are no transgender realities in Lord of the Rings. I think if you'd asked uh, Tolkien about transgender realities, he would have asked you what? I beg your pardon. Um, and that's not because there's anything wrong with transgender people, but you cannot, <laughs> you cannot insert transgender issues into every goddamn thing. You just make your own fantasy, write your own fantasy book, make your own fantasy movie, or create your own fantasy universe where transgender realities do exist. You know? I say this about racial stuff. I've said this about Kingdom Come Deliverance and The Witcher when people were criticizing it for not having enough black people, as though these stories are not based off of actual medieval Europe. Yes, of course, there were some black people in medieval Europe. That's why we have, you know, Othello, right? The Moor of Venice. Yeah, it happened. It was rare. Back in those days, I mean, Africa was so far away and, and exotic. That, like, you didn't just fly around. There, weren't, there was not as much racial mixing as there is in Los Angeles, California, San Antonio, Texas, Toronto, whatever, you know, um, we have, and I'm getting to these other papers in a second, I promise, we have um, Ludi Lin, I believe is his name, uh, who play, who was in the new Mortal Kombat movie, he's an Asian actor, martial artist, who tweeted, let me find, I had this pulled up, what did I do with it, let me see, well, anyways, I'll just post the image of it, he tweeted something to the effect of, um, you know, it's a great big world. Amazon has no excuse in their Lord of the Rings TV show not to include Asians. Okay. Let me just draw a comparison here. I know it's not politically correct anymore to say stuff like this, but the Netflix show Kingdom is about a zombie uh, apocalyptic event in medieval, uh, well, maybe not medieval, but like 14, 15th century uh, Korea, right? After this invasion by the Japanese, this terrible zombie plague took over the land. And it's, it's just the whole, the whole show is about the, the fight against the zombies. It's a lot of politics. There's sort of the banished prince who wants to help the people and the evil, uh, the evil steward who is, 
you know, taken over the kingdom and the, the, the evil queen, his daughter. And, you know, there's lots of, it's like sort of Game of Thronesy in that there's lots of, you know, politicking. And then, of course, there's this, these, un, you know, these zombies that you have to deal with. And it's, it's a Korean show. It's brilliant. It's so good. The, the, sort of God, Koreans are like the best at zombies. Uh, uh, Last Train to Busan, another fantastic zombie movie. Um, anyways, point being, the, <laughs> it's a great show and it's all Koreans. And I don't think you make a better show by, you know what, saying, oh, this show's too Korean. Too many Asians in this show. We need to have some black people in here. We need to have some white people in here. We need to have some Mexicans. You know, like, come on. Come on. Now, people will counter this and say, well, it's Lord of the Rings. It's a fantasy. Okay, true. It is a fantasy. It's a coherent fantasy. It's a fantasy that has, with established regions and racial groups, there are dark colored people in the fantasy of Lord of the Rings. Unfortunately, they're only used as bad guys who help Saruman. So that's, I don't think that's an intentionally racist thing on Tolkien's part. I just think it's like these exotic people from the East beyond Mordor are brought in by by Sauron, right? Um, it's just it's just geographical. There's nothing there's nothing to read into that, honestly, except for maybe some old biases where you know Tolkien was clearly writing about Europe, Europe to the east of Europe. There is the Middle East, <laughs> and there were a number of invasions from the Middle East into Europe in the Middle Ages, and so that sort of baked into Tolkien's you know thinking. Um, so, uh, back to this Tolkien society, uh, we have the invisible other, Tolkien's dwarf women and the feminine lack, feminine lack. I don't know what this is about, but I hope it's just a slideshow of dwarf chicks with bitchin' beards. Um, some of these actually are kind of interesting, projecting Indian myths, culture, and history onto Tolkien's worlds. That's kind of cool, because Tolkien was Catholic, and I like the idea of like a Hindu version of Lord of the Rings, right? Shiva and all the different, um, or, or maybe fictionalized versions of the Indian gods. Um, that could be cool. That's the kind of scholarship I'm in, I, I like and enjoy. Not because I, I th we don't need to say we need to have more Indian people in Lord of the Rings, but let's think about Lord of the Rings through the Hindu lens. That's interesting. Uh... The problematic perimeters of Elrond half-elven and Ronald English Catholic. Okay, that's an interesting way of of saying something. Um, problematic perimeters. I don't know what that's about. Um, I don't know what a lot of these are about. For instance, uh, pardoning Saruman, the queer in Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Was Saruman queer? I don't know. I don't think there's anything in the text to back that this uh, and angel, essentially, that the wizards are kind of angels that were sent by God to help, you know, fight against Morgoth and Sauron. Uh, I don't think that they have sexuality, really, in the same... You know, you don't see, like, Radagast or Gandalf or Saruman with chicks. You don't see them with dudes. You don't see them with anything. I mean, Radagast has his animals. But... Anyways, I guess Saruman did eventually come out with the, the cloak of many colors and his own ring and stuff. So that rainbow, he got that rainbow thing going. Um, let's see. Uh, queer atheists, agnostics, and animists, oh my. How anything to do with atheism, agnosticism, 
animism or, or queerness has any bearing on Lord of the Rings, I don't know. And here's the thing. I think that I think that we've hit a sort of intellectual roadblock when we talk about representation. Because you know, I know it's easy for me to say as a white guy, right? But look, when I'm watching like we'll just go back to Kingdom. When I'm watching Kingdom, I'm watching people on screen. I'm not watching Asians on screen. I'm not watching Koreans on screen. I'm watching people. I'm watching the prince and his his uh, right-hand man, his servant, his manservant slash like guard. Uh, and I'm, I'm enjoying their dynamics, their affection and all the sort of the sort of narrative twists and turns that their relationship takes. I'm watching the the politics of of this realm, this foreign realm that's so interesting, um, with the, with their with their you know the the way that the that the people act, the subservience and the obedience and the discipline that is so foreign to Western eyes. I'm watching this and I'm relating to the 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 struggle. I'm relating to the humanity and the heroism and the coward cowardice. And the selfishness, all those human characteristics that transcend race and culture and and time. That's what's interesting in a story. Now, I don't feel like without a white person on screen, I'm not represented, right? I can watch movies and films and read books from other cultures and think, this is awesome. Now, maybe if that was all I ever saw and there were no white people in anything, I would be like, okay, I would like to be represented. But we're not living in that world anymore. Representation has increased to a point where in a lot of TV shows and movies, you have people of different races and genders and sexual orientation. There is representation, and I think it's a good thing. But I think it can be, it can be a, a, a it can put a, a roadblock in the conversation. It can uh, make sort of moving forward with a conversation of, or, or with, with, with thinking about creativity and art, it can, it can be a, an impediment to having a reasonable discussion. Um, we, when we seek this out in something like Lord of the Rings and then, and think it needs to, it needs to be this way. It needs to have more, we need to have more of all the, then we're, we're saying that this work, Lord of the Rings, because it is white, it is European, it is, you know, older and it has more traditional values. We, we're saying that these things need to be erased. And, and done away with, and we need to make everything modern. Everything have the same perspectives, as perspective as us right now. There's nothing timeless anymore. There's nothing that that exists, you know, in a in a in a different era, in a different way of thinking. And and I think that's wrong. I think that we still need to have those things as at the same time as we have the new. Um, there is a balancing act, and you can't throw the ba the baby out with the bathwater. You do you do that and. I think you live to, re to regret it um, because everything starts to become generic. Um, if Lord of the Rings was made today, you know, like Aragorn would be would be black and uh, Gimli would be a, a female dwarf and Legolas would be non-binary. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like maybe they'd even cast a gay guy as Gandalf. I'm kidding. Um, anyways, point being, you, you, is there anything inherently wrong with that? Not really, but at the same time, like this is a European story. It would be like making Kingdom and saying, well, I think we should cast a, a black dude as the prince and we should uh, cast some some uh, Latinos or Latinxes as, you know, as the, 
as the people in that village, you know, no, this is a Korean fantasy and it's okay that it's that. Um, it's okay that Lord of the Rings is European fantasy and it's, it, I think we need more African fantasies. I mean, what about a cool, huge, triple A, big budget African fantasy that takes place in, you know, a fictional North Africa and, you know, has cool mythological beings from African lore uh, and, and, a, and a predominantly almost entirely black cast. That would be awesome. That is actual diversity in action, putting your money where your mouth is. The problem with just throwing, you know, you know, it's one thing in a show like Walking Dead or a, you know, a modern day show set in the United States. Obviously, you know, you want to have diversity simply because there are, it is diverse here. That we live in a diverse society. I mean, it's still majority white, but there are lots of other colors. And and you know, if you look back at the the nineties or the eighties, yeah, it's super white on TV. I mean, there that's not. I'm not saying it's all white, but it was more white, and it's gotten less so. It's gotten more diverse, and I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think a lot of people have a problem with that. Um, but when you take something like Lord of the Rings and you try to insert all this diversity that just isn't there, it feels really forced. It feels generic. Just have a guy be black. What does that actually say about blackness? Just, you know, if you just have a character who's a ranger, a Dunedain, who who's just black. Okay, does that does that speak to, to, to blackness at all? Are you actually representing black people just because his skin color is black? Isn't blackness just like whiteness or any other? Isn't that, doesn't that go beyond skin color? Isn't there something that, that's, you know, if you want to have, you know, fantasy shows like, um, you know, we've seen, we've seen some new sort of horror fantasy like, uh, um, what is the name of that show? <laughs> Lovecraft Country. That's like a black show, right? It's predominantly black. Most of the white people are racist assholes or uh, just evil. Um, and it's, it's, it's sort of a, a, a study of racism in, you know, the fifties, I think it was. And it is sort of has that Lovecraftian horror. And, um, that's an interesting, you know, I kind of burned out on that show. I won't lie just because it got, I mean, we got like too weird or I just, I don't know, but it was really good at first, but this is, you know, this is diversity having a show that actually addresses what it is, what racism is and blackness is. And it's not just taking characters randomly making them black or Asian. Calling for more Asian people to be in the Lord of the Rings show, it's just asking to fill a quota. You know, it would be like asking for more white people in, you know, a theoretical new season of Kingdom. It's a quota. It doesn't mean anything. We don't need that. What we need are more shows with more diversity from more points of view that tell real actual stories that dig into the cultures uh, that that these racial groups, you know, are from and talk about why that's interesting. Make a fantasy that is, you know, more Latin. Um, adapt uh, Tigana, I think that's how you say it, um, from Guy Gabriel Kay. That's an amazing book and it's sort of Italian. You could have more, I mean, I guess Italians are white now, but they're pretty Latin, right? Um, there are, you know, there's so much potential for so many interesting fantasies and science fiction that do have that do bring in diverse voices and and that don't just try to change what has already come. Um, one interesting example, this could be its own whole video, but recently we saw that the casting for Snow White, a black actor is being cast as Snow White, which I thought was hilarious, not because I don't think Disney princesses should, shouldn't be different race, like whatever, Ariel's going to be black, that's fine, she's a fictional mermaid, 
you know, mermaids aren't real. Snow White, of course, isn't real either, but her entire name, the name Snow White is because of her Snow White skin. Um, you know, we've seen, we, we see a lot of the, the sort of like Anne Boleyn was cast as a, a black actress. Um, uh, Joel in The Last of Us movie is being played by a Latin actor. Um, it's It's fine, but at the same time you start to think, well, what's going on here? Like, do all these production companies really think that the only way they can fight against racism and, and promote diversity and inclusion is to, is to turn all the white characters into different races? Like this, obviously people are going to start saying, wait, hold on a second. We do have, you know, we also have our stories that are, that are, and it's not our stories. These stories are for anybody. Just like kingdom is a zombie show for anybody, even though it's comprised entirely of, of Koreans you know, Lord of the Rings is a European story. Let it be European. Let it have that flavor as one of many different stories out there. And let it be what it is. And it's okay. I think that a lot of minorities, I think a lot of black people and 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 Latin people and Asian people, I think, you know, unless they are also enraptured with the wokeness uh, that, that has sort of taken over everything, I think that a lot of them are actually fine with Lord of the Rings not having black people in it. Like, it's okay. Um, but they would probably like to see something like I was describing where, you know, where there's where there's a focus on black people, where you can actually have a fantasy based on black people or Asian people, whatever. Um, and if you're concerned about transgender or queer issues, by all means, I mean, there, well, first of all, there is a shit ton of new fantasy, especially young adult fantasy, that that is that is very woke or that deals with those issues or and and struggles with and some of it's good and some of it's not um but if you want to have real diversity if you want to have actual diversity if you want to have a, a wide array of voices and then you need to not just make everything diverse you need to have certain stories be about certain kinds of people you need to have a, you, you know if you need to tell a story that's about only black people Tell that story. You don't feel like you're obligated to include an Asian, a Mexican, and a white person. And, and don't, don't feel like everything has to be a, a, an old joke where a, a Polish guy, a gay guy, and a Jew walk into a bar. You don't need that. <laughs> you can have a story that's just about Polish people. You can have a story that's just about Jewish people. You can have a story that's about uh, African Jewish people. You know, there is there is a population of black African Jews um, that would make an interesting story. You can focus on specific groups of people. You can tell the stories in fantasy or in realism or in, in any form that you want to tell. And you don't have to make everything check off this quota box of diversity. You are going to sacrifice real diversity and interesting stories in favor of fake forced quota diversity, diversity, Inc. Bullshit, corporate diversity. You know, um, we'll finish off with, let's see, uh, something mighty queer, destabilizing, cis-hetero, amatonormativity, amatonormativity, there's a word you hear regularly, uh, in the works of Tolkien, something mighty queer, destabilizing, cis-hetero, amatonormativity, in the works of Tolkien. One final thing. 
if you speak in words that people don't understand, if your language is so wrapped up in itself, if you use words even like cis-hetero, people have to fucking Google these words. This is not effective rhetoric. Your politics aren't effective. Your rhetoric isn't effective. People are going to push back against it because A, they find it so fucking off-putting. B, they don't understand what the hell you're talking about. And C, you want to tear down their stories rather than make your own. Now, that definitely doesn't apply. I'm not talking about other racial groups when I say this. I'm talking about a specific type of person who wants to tear down your stories or our stories or their stories in order to, to make room for new stories. Well, I have news people. You don't have to do that. There's room already. This is like saying we have to kill off a certain number of people before we can have new people born. That's crazy, right? This is like saying that in order for, uh, for people to make more money, other people have to make less money. No, you really can have, uh, you can have more of everything. You can have more stories, more content, more everything. You don't have to destroy everything in order to make new. And I guess that's where I've been sort of awkwardly, uncomfortably moving into a sort of, I guess, I would call it a progressive traditionalist mind frame. Um, I have a post I'm working on about being politically homeless, but lately just the world seems so, it seems so decadent in so many ways and, and not in a good way, if that makes sense. Uh, we are obsessed with ourselves. We are obsessed with our technology, with our social media, with our presentation of ourselves to the world. Um, kids are growing up in a world where Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and all these things are so important and they shouldn't be that important. Uh, we are always at a desk or on a couch or inside when we should be you know, working with our hands more. Um, I see the modern world increasingly through, through a lens of cynicism and and concern and i see modernity and prog progressiveness increasingly as you know not necessarily bad things because we get the miracle of modern medicine right and because there's more equality in in very positive ways but also as sort of dangerously radical in some ways as well and i don't know that we are replacing uh the old with the new in a way that makes us feel fulfilled and happy and have meaning in our lives. I see when I look around a dearth of meaning. I see when I look around people don't have the, 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 the real true happiness and, and meaning and fulfillment in their lives. And I see it in myself and I see it in my children and I see it in my friends and family that, that, that this world uh, is becoming more crowded with ideas and with notions and with content, content, content. And yes, and yet at the same time, sort of more empty. And, and I think back to what Tolkien wrote when he was talking about um, allegory and Lord of the Rings. And, you know, he was very much against the notion of, of this being an allegorical tale. He, he said that, Hit, that Hitler and Sauron were not meant to be like allegorical, right? He wasn't writing about World War II. He wasn't writing about, about that. But he, there was a, but I think he was he was selling himself short in that regard just a little bit because in his foreword to the, the copy of the book that I the books that I own, he talks about how it's industrialism and modernity that have come and arrived and have d 
to have already begun this the scouring of the Shire in his world, in his life, in his version of England. And I think I was born too late to have a, a, a sense of, of that, a real deep sense of, of the world before the information age, before, before industrialism took over so completely, before globalism, um, you know, has had its own positive and negative effects. Uh, it's hard. These are hard things to think about. There's a lot to think about uh, when it comes to tradition and progress, the new and the old. Um, but I think you, that we need to be careful about just getting rid of old things and replacing them with new ideas because I think we really, really risk cheapening, destroying, losing important things, important stories, important histories, and important perspectives and wisdom from the ages that, that, that we can't just, you can't just make that new. Wisdom, you know, even in yourself, wisdom takes forever. In a society, it takes much longer. And one problem with radicalism or with, you know, social upheaval, this constant sense that we need to constantly upheave society and change um, our way, our modes of thinking is that we lose. We, we take one step forward and two steps back. Um, and we have, you know, incidentally, I think, positive outcomes like, like gay marriage. I'm all in support of that. Um, but on the other hand, we have, we have, we, we do lose things. We lose things that we can't put our finger on at the moment. But in retrospect, I think we'll look back and we'll think we've, you know, we've lost something here. We've lost something. I think you can look back at Vietnam and see that, that maybe we lost a little bit of, of cultural, um, unity, uh, even as you know, there were horrible things going on with, with racial um, injustices. The civil rights movement was super important. But I think with, with Vietnam, you know, we started a war that was unjust and that was ridiculous. And it splintered our society in a, in a major way. Um, and we've never really necessarily healed from that. And I don't think we necessarily ever will. I think that the, that the disruption and the, the divisiveness is just heightened year after year after year after year. And I don't think that what we see in this society is, we, I don't think we have a real form of conservatism, conservatism anymore. The way that I would embrace that word would be, you know, um, would be a sense of anti-modernity. You know, we have conservatives on Fox News railing against the war on Christmas. Like Christmas is, to them, is just this, you know, buying presents and like tipping their hat at baby Jesus while they put up the tree and, and engage in all the debauchery and materialism, you know, defense of Christmas now is a defense of Black Friday and it's gross. Um, anyways, I am rambling. I don't know what's gotten into me. I think my coffee was strong. Um, so yeah, Tolkien, diversity, J.R.R. Woken. Yeah, Woken, Woken. Woken, Woken. Um, I think I'll pass on on this one, except for maybe the the Hindus, the the Indian myths. I think that's kind of a cool parallel to think about. So I'm just and on a bright note, there is so much we can learn for other from other cultures and their myths, their food. Um, so be sure you appropriate some of those cultures into your life, so that you can be a richer, more knowledgeable, more worldly human being. Um, I think I've said enough. If you enjoyed this, please do like it, subscribe, leave a comment. I'd love to chat. Ring the bell so that you can see more of these. And thank you so much. Peace.